Welcome to Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I'm Liren. Well, I have to admit that I have not listened to my last episode, so pardon me if there's anything repetitive in here. I keep meaning to do that, and I just, you know, I don't ever find windows of time. It's crazy. I'm recording tonight because I have gotten back to going to visit my friend on Wednesday nights, and I just stay distant from her when I go over there and visit. She was getting so lonely. She doesn't ever leave her house, and she's my mom's age, and I just thought, ooh, I need to do what I can to get over there and get her some human interaction. And certainly it's nice for me, too, because, you know, I spend all of my time with my husband, my 19-year-old son, or my granddaughter and her sister. So <laughs> it is nice to get around other people. Um, so, gosh, what's going on? So uh, we had the funeral for our mechanic, and I have to tell you, it was, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, to be brutally honest. So I was worried about going because I know here in uh, Central Virginia, uh, a lot of people are pretty like either apathetic about masks or they're, um, you know, waving Trump flags and being like masks are for losers or there are, is also a small subset of people that are just really, really worried about it and not leaving their house. So I was worried that people wouldn't be wearing masks. And when I talked to my friend about going, I said to her, are you going to wear a mask? And she was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And I'm like, holy cow, she's like in her mid 70s. She needs to be thinking about that. So anyway, she did wear her mask. I don't know if it was because I was with her or not. I don't, whatever. I'm just glad she was safe. Um, we... So it, I think I mentioned that his uh, death, they just said there was an accident at his house. So um, I don't know the details of it. I didn't ask the details of it. Um, I, I will say that my friend's son hurt her feelings really bad because she asked him what happened and he actually barked at her kind of nasty and said, if the family wants you to know, they'll tell you. And he made her feel like he doesn't consider her part of his family now that he's married to his wife. So, so that was hard. You know, I don't know. <laughs> my kids aren't married yet. You know, my older son has been in relationships, but he's never been married. So I, man, that's a lot of stuff to traverse, you know, but anyway, I, I went with her. Um, I went because I really cared about him and I really care about his little boy. Um, I don't know what's going to end up happening. I mean, that poor man came from some very dysfunctional people. Wow. And so we're at the funeral. Um, they have a slideshow. The entire slideshow is of him and his wife, who he was in the process of divorcing for about the fifth time in the last two years. Um, that was a very strange thing. Uh, he had just told me about two weeks before he died that he, they were getting divorced again. And whenever he said that, that meant that he was not living in the house. He was living somewhere else. Um, I don't, you know, it just, it sounds like it got really messy towards the end. I don't, like I said, I don't know any details. Um, but so we're sitting there and, and the service begins with the pastor of the church. And it's this great big church that put on a big addition uh, a few years ago that like tripled the size of the church and they have a really big uh, homeschool religious cooperative building there where they hold classes that cost a lot of money that are religion based like you know bible geography and things like that and um, 
so I knew about them from the homeschool community. I knew some people who sent their kids there. Uh, I never sent my kids there. Neither one of my kids are tolerant enough of religion to be able to go to something like that and not cause trouble, you know? <laughs> so um, I, when I go to a funeral, when I walk into a church, I often jokingly think to myself, why am I not bursting into flames? No, <laughs> but, and I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I do know that I can be, what's the word I seek? Um, less than generous in my assessments of things sometimes when it comes to religious people and their us versus them thinking. It isn't that I have any issue with what anybody believes, whatever, knock yourself out, believe in this flying spaghetti monster if you want. It's the point at which you start demeaning people who don't believe the same thing you do or demeaning people because they're not part of your us they're part of your them in the us versus them equation so in this case the pastor got up and he spent most of the time he was talking talking about how he had known John since John was a child so John's parents were both alcoholics and he was raised uh, to my knowledge a, a lot of the time by his aunt who is my friend's son's wife. And um, so he went to that church from when he was a child. And I think she still goes there, although she doesn't regularly attend church. But anyways, um, and he really spent, gosh, a good 15 minutes talking about all the effort he had put into visiting John and leaving cards on, on John's garage and uh, calling him and texting him every Sunday. Are you coming to church? I want to see you at church. And I'm like, oh, well, this is an interesting thing. You're proud of the fact that you harass someone. That's awesome. So it really became like he went on and on about how John didn't go to church like he should have. And it was really off-putting to me. And then uh, he, he opened the floor up for people to stand up and talk about uh, John. John's such a common name. I don't feel like saying that is going to tell you anything. Um, and uh, it was really nice. A lot of people stood up and said stuff. People who'd known him, his neighbors, people who, you know, he worked on their cars. I mean, he worked on so many people's cars, my gosh. Uh, and, you know, at the end, the minister's wife, the, the pastor's wife stood up and, and talked about how, yes, she'd been in the car while her husband was calling and texting John all the time, trying to get him to come back to church. And I thought, what would possess you at when it says right on the screen behind both of these people while they're talking, uh, his name, the date and celebration of life. I'm not sure how it qualifies as a celebration of life to go on and on about that. You couldn't drag someone back to church. It would be nice if either of them had said anything about him as a person. Neither of them did. I found that rather odd. So then, uh, my friends, uh, um, uh, John's aunt got up and talked. Uh, that was really touching. You know, I mean, it's so hard. He was 35 years old. It, it's just heartbreaking. And she talked about him and, you know, being with him and raising him with her three sons. She has three sons who are older than him. Uh, not by much, though. And, uh, you know, it was really touching. And it and then this other guy got up to talk who was from the church. And he was... His kids were in the same youth group as John when John was a kid. And he talked about how John worked on his car and life was hard. And every time there was a bump in the road, John stumbled and John's addictions and John started drinking at a young age. And the whole time I'm thinking, 
do you realize his 10-year-old son is sitting right in front of you in the front row listening to you say all the stuff about his dad? Like, this is not the time to be doing that. I was uh, really, when we left, I was like, okay, that was just actively offensive to me. Like, it's not like I think he was perfect. It's not like I think anyone should pretend he was perfect. But when all those people can talk about is one of them, how often they tried to drag him back to church and the other one, how good he was at working on their car and how his addictions tripped him up every time he turned around. Like you don't have anything nice to say about him as a person. You don't have anything nice to say about him as uh, a father. It was, if you can't tell, very off-putting to me. Badly enough that I actually called and left a message at the church and told them I think they should be ashamed of themselves. I wasn't mean. I wasn't yelling. I mean, I really wasn't. I was talking about like I am now because I am, you know, a little incensed about it. And I just told them that I just found it highly offensive that they just picked then to talk about all of John's flaws and that I thought that was terrible judgment on their part. And I hoped that they could uh, be reflect self-reflective enough to be ashamed of that. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it made no difference. It made me feel better. The whole thing is very sad. Um, You know, my son, who is five years younger than than John was, he is now uh, not talking to me very often. He's mad at me because I did not get his daughter over to see him on Father's Day. Uh, He is struggling now with this girl that he had been dating who is not the girl he's living with. I just, it's, it's all so messy. You know, do you ever have times when, when you sit back and you go, whew, life is really messy right now, you know? So, uh, I'm glad the funeral's over. I will say that for sure. Uh, that was, it was really sad and painful to sit through. And, um, and on the other side of it, I, I really just worry about that little boy, you know, they did say that they're going to put together a fund for him, an educational fund for people to contribute for him to go to college, which I, I'm happy to contribute to that. And I hope he actually uses it for that. Um, I just, I really worry, you know, his mom has, uh, addiction problems too. Her addictions are prescription drugs. So I just, you know, I'm telling you, it's crazy. Two people that I know in the past, well, two people since he died have told me about young people in their lives who have died. One of them 22, I think. Uh, and Uh, one of them, I think 25. And I just, I'm, it's so sad to me. I mean, I feel like there's so much fallout to what's going on. And yet I worry that with places reopening too fast and the numbers spiking like they are, I just, it seems like at every turn, I don't, you know, I'm in my usual funk of trying to find positive things, right? So, so I, I'm going to talk a little bit about something positive, which is my garden. So I don't think I talked about this a whole lot. Like I said, I didn't listen. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself. Uh, I actually, I'm really surprised. I was out there today and it is July 1st and we still have sugar snap peas. So normally they're long gone by now, but it has been such a cold spring and we've even had a couple cold snaps. I mean, I can only think of once when it was oppressively hot and humid outside, which is literally unheard of. Normally that's happening. That starts like mid-May and then we're stuck there through like September, often into the middle of October. So 
It's been a really weird year. Even the watermelons at the farmer's market are going to be like at least a month late. He said probably more like a month and a half because of how cold it's been, which is just crazy to me. So I don't know, you know, um, I will say that it is soothing to me to be able to go out in the garden. I hate the heat so much, but today I really just decided I'm really struggling a lot. I know I'm struggling a lot and uh, I need to just stop with the it's too hot, it's too this, it's too that and just go do it. So I just went out in the garden today. I picked some lettuce, made myself a salad for lunch. It was really nice. We got our first couple cherry tomatoes here in the last few days. Um, my, I put in a couple kinds of basil that the guy at the farmer's market actually gave me for free just because he didn't want to have to take the plants home with them or throw them away. So I got a purple basil plant and what's called holy basil or Tulsi basil, which I think is also spicy basil, some people call it. Um, it has little teeny weeny leaves and it grows in this little round bush that's really cute. So anyway, <laughs> um, so I have spent some time lately just like in my plants and our whole deck is covered in flowers in pots because I had gotten flowers for landscaping for our house. I know I've mentioned this before and I put them in pots. I'm, you know, luckily it has rained a fair bit and so they've stayed watered and everything is surviving and it is just beautiful when I walk up on my deck to see all those flowers because a lot of it is like four different colors of coleus. I don't know if you guys know what coleus is, C-O-L-E-U-S. I don't know what the full name of it is, but it comes in a really amazing variety of colors. And, and one of the varieties that I have is red and it's like a, it's like a burgundy red, but a little bit redder than a normal burgundy. So it's kind of, you look at it and, and some of it is a little lighter and some of it is a little darker and it's almost like looking into a flame. It's really beautiful. And then that has great big leaves. And then another coleus that I have has little teeny tiny leaves and the edges are green, but the centers are purple. And then the very center is white. So it's, it's a really beautiful, colorful variegation. I don't know. I, I know I'm not doing it justice describing it, but I also have two other color combinations that have leaves that are slightly different shapes and sizes and different combinations of green and purple and green and pink. Uh, actually, I say that one of them is a combination of green and like um, lime green, like almost yellow. So uh, that's a beautiful plant. I think, you know, I'm really trying to spend more time just walking up on my deck and pausing and looking at it and go and just like admiring the beauty of it. Because I'll tell you, it is amazing to me how beautiful flowers can be. Such a small thing, you know. Um, the mallow, I got some mallow out of our field for my guinea pigs and put it in pots and it's doing great. It's growing great guns and has now just now is going to flower. It's very interesting the way that plant goes to flower. So it doesn't do like the, the put up a stem and put a flower on it. You know, it, it flowers more like basil does and realize I never really knew how basil flowered until this year either because I got some basil plants. I have two regular basil plants, a, a lemon basil plant, and another basil plant that I, I'm not sure what variety it is. I wanna say it's orange basil. I think that's what it was. Anyways, um, so what I realized a long time ago, gosh, probably 15 years ago, this lady that I worked with talked about raising basil because she liked to make pesto. And she said, 
grooming basil is really time consuming. And I remember thinking to myself, grooming basil, what are you talking about? Like, how hard can it be to grow basil, you know? And I didn't ask her because we weren't like friends and I didn't want to, you know, look dumb. But now I completely understand what she was talking about. At least I think I do. So here's why. Growing basil, once it goes to flower, if you don't pinch that flower off, then the plant goes, oh, well, I'm done doing my job. And it stops growing new shoots. And, you know, it stops all of that and kind of fades. So I don't know if they completely die. None of mine have gone to flower. So I'm not sure what happens if you let them just, you know, fully flower, if they just fade away. I don't know, maybe Colin from over at Spike Pit can answer that question. I'm not sure. But um, so I have every few days had to go out and get my basil and put it up on this little table we have on our deck and just pinch all the little flower heads off. And the crazy thing is every time you do that, then the basil says, oh, well, I need to make some new stems right there. And it grows two new stems from where you pinch that head of basil off. And then guess what you have to do a couple weeks or a few days after that? Not a couple weeks because it happens faster than that. You have to then pinch flowers off those two new stems. And then guess what happens? Yes, you guessed it. So my, it's so, plants are so fascinating to me. My, the um, citrus basil, the lemon basil has little delicate leaves and it really, when you pinch it, it smells lemony. It really does. And uh, the regular basil smells more like anise to me. And those leaves are big. That's like the big Genovese basil with the great big leaves that you see. And then the other basil that I have, I want to say it's orange basil, but I could be completely wrong about that. Um, that one has kind of medium sized leaves. That's kind of in between. But the cool thing about the way basil flowers is it makes this ring of flowers underneath like downward facing and then it flowers these little delicate white flowers so I'm not sure if all of the basils do white flowers but the one that actually I missed a stem and it flowered the flowers were white but they're these little tiny delicate flowers that are actually downward facing so if you're standing above it and you look down you wouldn't even I don't think ever realize that flower was there now maybe if they were all fully flowered you know they would be more visible but but I know when I first started doing this, it took me a little while to train my eye to recognize, oh, hey, that one's about to flower. I need to cut that out, you know? So I have found that is actually a pretty Zen activity. I go out there, I take my little nippers with me. I stand there and I do that and I just relax and focus on what I'm doing and enjoy the wonderful smell of basil the whole time I'm doing it. So it's kind of crazy. And then I go through and I pick all the little leaves off the little bits that I trimmed because there's these little teeny leaves on there and I make sauce out of them. This whole thing started because at the farmer's market, he was selling bunches of lemon basil. And one week early on, he had a whole bunch of basil with him. And he said to me, here, take one of these and try it because I hadn't tried lemon basil. And so I did that. I took it. I, we do uh, tomato sandwiches all the time. Once he has tomatoes, we'll do to, uh, a tomato, you know, a big slice of tomato, a slice of cheese, and then um, basil leaves. Well, in this case, I took it home and I decided uh, after talking to this woman who goes up to the market about she's from England and she makes mint sauce. She makes mint sauce with mint and um, malted vinegar, I believe she said. Is that what she said? 
some kind of vinegar. I think it's malted vinegar, but I absolutely could have that wrong. And she actually cooks it on the stove. But when she said that, I thought to myself, I wonder what that lemon basil would taste like like that. So I actually took that bunch of lemon basil that he gave me, washed it all, picked all the leaves off, spread them out on a towel until they dried off from being, you know, soaking wet, which I probably don't have to do that step now. I haven't in, in subsequent batches, but I did the first time. And I put it in my little bullet blender uh, that I use to make um, fruit drinks, along with some avocado oil and a little splash of lemon juice just to keep it green. And oh my gosh, it is so good. So I wouldn't call it pesto because I didn't put any cheese in it or anything. I just, it literally is just lemon, basil, avocado oil, and a, a little splash of lemon juice. And it is the most wonderful taste of summer to make a sandwich with that spread nice and thick on each slice of bread and a big old fat slab of tomato in there, you know? Oh, so good. My mouth is watering now that I'm talking about that. So anyway, I just wanted to mention I have been, you know, doing things like that. I, I've been trying to cook more. I'm not being very successful at that. One of the things that I have noticed about myself is that, and I've known this all my life, when I get really overwhelmed and, and I feel like every five or six, seven years, I need to go in and just see a therapist for a little while and get a tune up, you know, my thinking kind of gets skewed. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But um, I just know if I go in and do that, that it helps me to stay on track. I think I get out of whack. I call it out of plumb sometimes when I talk about this. Um, I just get to the point where when things feel overwhelming to me, I just shut down. So for example, uh, night before last, uh, my brother called. He wanted something from me. I don't ever hear from him unless he wants something anymore. Every time we talk, he's got to brag about his 6,000 square foot house and his thousands of dollars worth of windows. And, and then, you know, he kind of offhandedly says, oh, how's your house thing going? You know, I just, it's, it's very unpleasant. I don't know. Uh, and I was feeling bad about that. He, he wants some technical help. I mean, he, when he calls, I really, he always it does niceties first. And I almost said to him this time, can you just tell me what you want up front so we can get this over with? But like, I don't want to be a mean person, right? Even though he is a complete jerk to me. And I know if I help him with this, whenever I help him with anything, he is like a complete jerk and he gets really bossy and nasty. And, and a couple times, the last couple times I've helped him with things when he's done that and he's like sworn at me, I've been like, yep, gotta go. When you can be decent, call me back. And I've hung up on him. So I guess I do have that much of a backbone with him, but I don't know. I don't know why I don't just tell him, no, I can't help you with that. Go pay somebody to help you, you know, because it's always the girls need a logo for their sports thing. Uh, I need you to figure out this technical thing because I can't figure it out. Spreadsheets are illusory to him. So he needed a spreadsheet for some financing thing for his fancy mansion and had to tell me all about everything that was on it, about what he's spending on every. It's just, it's all very... I don't know. He's so materialistic and it's just tiresome. But anyway, um, I knew that I was feeling off. Uh, it hurts my feelings when he does that because I know he doesn't care about me as a human being. He just cares what I can do for him. And at some point I just don't, I don't know, you know, that's my family in a nutshell and, and I hate it and I'm sick of it. And I, I just, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so 
I sat down, uh, I, I was playing a video game. Jeff and I have been playing this video game where you build aquariums together and where you build aquariums and we've been doing it together. It's so much fun. And he was like, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed. Don't stay up too late. So I didn't, I actually turned it off about a half an hour after he got up and went to bed and I'm sitting there and, and in hindsight, I realized that when I go to bed at night, when I'm laying there, my brain often keeps going and it thinks about things. It gets in ruts. You know, I know that happens to a lot of people. And I started thinking about uh, my brother calling and like how used I feel by him and how I don't feel like he has any care or respect for me or my way of life or my family or it really is just what I can do for him. And uh, his youngest daughter's graduation party is the end of July and we they've invited us, but I don't know if I'm going to go. I mean, it's just, you know, it's all a mess. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that like we used to go to his house every Thanksgiving and then two Thanksgivings ago, things got really ugly and I ended up just leaving. And ever since then, things have been a mess. Just we didn't talk at all for months. And and if I'm brutally honest, I enjoyed that. But um, anyway, I looked down at my phone and about four hours later, it was 3.30 in the morning. I realized, whoa, it's 3.30 in the morning. So I do this thing where I just kind of check out. I just kind of zone out. I look at Google News or I look at YouTube or I, you know, and, and in this case, I was watching gardening videos. I just sort of put on a gardening video. And then at the end of that one, I would look at the next one and I just kind of kept going. <laughs> Even, and it just doesn't cross my mind while I'm doing that. It's like my brain just literally shuts off when I'm doing that. I'm just completely distracted. I lose myself in what I'm doing. You know, I can sometimes do that with games on the iPad. So, um, all of that to say, (laughs) I'm well aware of the fact that I'm in need of a, a a little mental tune up right now. So hopefully I will be addressing that soon. I think, you know, with everything that's going on, it can be really hard to, to feel like there's a lot of positive things to be found. Whoops alarm on my phone. Sorry about that. If you can hear it, let me turn it off. There we go. Um, I'm not going to edit this. Sorry guys. (laughs) This is just a quick record on the way home. I say quick and I just looked at my phone and realized I've been talking for 26 minutes. Okay. I'm going to stop now. Anyway, (laughs) you know, I, I guess if you guys are doing anything interesting, if you're cooking anything, I got a couple of messages after my last show. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate your messages. Again, they felt like they were like really personal and I I really hesitate to share super personal messages, but uh, I have made masks for a couple people and sent them out and um, they've been really sweet and grateful and you know, I'm really happy to help you guys out. It makes me feel good to feel like I'm helping people stay safe. And I'm really, it makes me happy to help people out as much as people have been appreciative and said thank you to me. So thank you to you guys too. Um, I appreciate feeling like part of something, even if I'm not really behaving like I'm part of something. I have listened to a couple podcasts, believe it or not. I didn't even get all the way through that episode of the dice are screaming. I did listen to part of it after the last time I recorded. And then I have not had a window of time to go back and listen to the rest of that podcast. Part of it is I'm never alone. I am just never alone, you know? And when I'm with my son, if I do listen to a podcast, he's, you know, rolling his eyes about it. Uh, one thing when Jeff's working at home, most of the time he has his headphones on. He has work bought him really good 
noise canceling headphones. They drive them nuts, but they do cancel noise really well. So I can listen to podcasts or whatever and not disturb him. But, you know, my son doesn't do that. He hears a pot, you know, he wants to come out and talk my ear off about whatever video game he's playing. And if I'm listening to a podcast, he just talks over it. So, so anyway, it's, it's been an interesting thing to try to figure out where I'm going to listen to podcasts. I actually was going to listen to podcasts while I was picking flowers off my basil. And then Jeff came out and helped me. And I was like, I don't want to discourage him from doing stuff with me. So I turned my podcast off, (laughs) but I don't know. I got to figure that out. You know, I'm, have any of you guys figured that out? Have you found a different slot to put them in, in your day or like a different, a different time that it's convenient to listen to them? Because I haven't figured that out yet, which I'm just bummed about. Um, I will say, I, I know when I talked last episode about um, what podcasts I wanted to listen to and like people who were putting out episodes, there are some I did not mention that I'm so sorry. I, like um, Spencer over at Keep Off the Borderlands comes to mind because I love his podcast. There are a bunch of podcasts that I listen to. I listen to GM Shadow. I listen to Wee Timorous Bushy. I like that one. Um, it's just... I feel like uh, I I love the community and I feel in some way like I'm a part of it, even though I'm not really behaving like a part of it right now. So if you guys have any great ideas about how you can, how you have worked podcast listening somewhere else in your life, besides where it used to fit before, because, you know, like I, I've said a hundred times, mine, so much of it was in the car, you know? All right, I'm done. Holy cow, almost 30 minutes. Gosh, I'm just going to hush now. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope that you guys are finding ways to cope. And and I also hope that you guys don't live in the states that are struggling so much with reopening too fast. And for those of you that do, I hope that you're able to stay safe. I mean, I hope all of you guys are able to stay safe and healthy through all of this. I, I know that's a tall order. I mean, what are the odds, right? But but I do think about that. And, and I just, I wish everyone well. And I think about you guys. And I will be back to talk soon. Jeff and I haven't recorded a podcast while we've been driving to town because the last few times he's ended up going and doing the shopping while I had to do something else. Or I went, I'm trying, you know what? I didn't go and do a big shopping trip without him. I went and did some of the shopping without him, but he twice now has him and my son have gone and done the big shopping trip because I had something else I had to do. So um, hopefully this week we will do it together. And if we do, I hope to talk to him and record it. We have been doing some gaming that's been fun. So I hope that uh, our my next episode, we will be talking about that. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. I'm thinking of you. Um, know that you guys mean a lot to me. And I look forward to the day when I can behave like more of the community member than I have been. Thank you for your patience and understanding. And I'll be back soon.